0: What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Dead's Game Podcast. This is John here as always. In today's topic, we're going to talk about Swain, or in general, Swain Twisted Fate. The very deck which emerged from the ashes, or I would say, emerged out of nowhere and managed to win Twitch Rivals about 2 months ago. So what does this deck consist of? What makes it so good? What made it an auto-play at the start of the Call of the Mountains meta? We all know that Swain on its own is a pretty balanced champion. It's not leaning towards overpowered. It's definitely not leaning towards pretty weak as compared to the other champions in the pool available. When we look at the decks that Swain can be played in, there honestly isn't a lot of decks that could pair together with Swain as well. Because we look at its level up condition, it requires you to do damage, however when put in the right deck, with the ability to be fit into Noxious, because when you look at Noxious and the overall package, most of them deal direct Nexus damage, which really fits in line with Swain. But there's one thing you do have to notice, is that if you were to deal direct damage, you might as well play aggro right? So when we look at the overall Noxious package, including Death's Hand, Noxious Fervor, it looks pretty good with Swain. And then that's another region that pairs very well with Swain, and that is Bilge Water. And that's probably the reason why Swain Twister Pit exists as of today. Because there's no better way to play Swain than to put it together with Bilge Water through Make It Rain. You have Warning Shot, you have Parley in some sense that people run, Riptide Rex, Noxious Fervor, Death's Hand, Ravenous Flock. So if you were to combine most of the removal that Noxious has, not necessarily those that can do direct Nexus damage, along with Bilge Water's ability, to deal with white bots, able to do Nexus damage, maybe even deal damage to the bot state through Make It Rain, which is a very strong card. You put those two archetypes together and you get swin. And then as for the champion wise, there might be sometime in the past where people put in Misfortune instead of Twister Fate. You can if you guys have tried it out, I think the deck will probably will work pretty much the same. However, when we think about it in the mid range kind of deck, why not we include Twister Fate? Because when we look at other Beachwater champions, Gangplank is a 5 drop, no doubt. However, when we look at the overall gameplay that we want to put Swain in, you definitely need something that doesn't clash with the same cost as the other champion. Because turn 5 is very pivotal, especially when you're playing Swain Fate. Because you can either develop the Swain, or you can proactively pass to see what his opponent is going to do. Hence, I don't see why Gangplank is being included. Feast, definitely no way you're going to run Feast together with Swain, because it's very contrasting, and there's no way that both cards, both playstyles can match together, because Feast requires you to run tons of buffs. And it's way better to run Feast in decks like Targon, Lord, Ionia, because those cards are very good at buffing the champions, or even the minions or followers. So you look at Swain, there's only a couple of champions that can pack together. Maybe, maybe either Bilge Water, no, I mean, sorry, what Bilge Water? Maybe either Twisted Fate, or even Misfortune. And the simplest choice is always to add twist the fit in because we look at its versatility, able to draw a card through the blue card and then we have the ability of dealing for whiteboard through the red card and also stunning the opponent's side through the gold card. And the power of the red card together with a cag that is enabled through Beale's water package it enables you to level out Swain pretty quickly. Being able to do the whiteboard making the opponent's minion get damaged and that also plays into Noxious Strengths through Swain's champion spell, Revenous Flock. And it's also a triple copy one drop one, one mana spell that is played in Swain Twister Fate as well. So when you look at it, Swin's Twister Fate can enable a lot of plays. Very versatile. You can draw, you can deal a whiteboard, and you can even stun. And let's not mention about the stun part, which is the go Cut And go Cut together when you with Revenous Flock, go Cut is able to deal two damage or even stun. And then your Revenus Flock is able to deal with any big threat that your opponent has. And when we look at Twister Fate, it is so versatile as a champion that it can do so many tricks. Through the blue card, you can draw a card and refill 1 spell mana. And who knows, you might even top deck a Revenous Flock. And that 1 mana is able to enable many plays. And then when we look at Swing Twister Fate as a deck in general, they run a lot of spells which are 3 mana. Meaning that let's say you have 2 mana, 2 spell mana, and all you need is Twister Fate to refill 1 spell mana to for you to have access... Do your 3 mana spells, and the only high cost spells that they run is Salvage, which is a 4 mana, toss 2, draw 2, which I think really fits together well, especially with Twister Fate and Swain. Because sometimes, when you already have enough bot presence, because Swain Twister Fate as a deck, he has bot presence, he has Nexus Direct Damage presence, and the late game is pretty solid because he has a very simple win condition of having Swain together with the Levita on board to win the game. And then when you look at it, it also has rip which is one of Bushwater's, or I would say, Bilgewater's strongest card, which is its alternate win condition, because there's no deck apart from Asol Trundle that can come back from Riptide Rex because it is so damaging, regardless of whatever control that you play. Karma can't deal with Riptide Rex, definitely can't deal with Rex. hence the reason why I think that Riptide Rex is pretty damn strong. And so when we look at Swindisil Fate as a deck, that's how the deck has been able to survive. And then when Heimerweiss sort of got out of the picture, swing is a called kind of defaulted as the best deck because it could deal with aggro, it could deal with mid range, it can deal with control, it can deal with combo. It has the ability to match evenly with aggro decks because of the more removal that the deck has. It can pair against mid range decks because they have stuns, they have a whiteboard, they have plenty of removal, and Swain is pretty has a pretty good stat line. And then they even have Twister Fate to do with many threats, and not to mention they have the powerful Rip Tyrex that can destroy every mid-range player's dreams. And another card which definitely the reason why it can handle against control and combo is none other than the Leviathan, which is one of the key cards of the deck. Because let's say round start you deal 3 damage, that enables you to play Rip Tyrex, that enables you to pair together a swing. there are so many things that the deck can do. That's why it is so strong. It is not overpowered, it is strong. It's not like on the power levels of Heimovai, Ezreal, Karma, the Master its Peak. It's one of the most balanced tier 1 deck. You can play the deck. You play it well, you probably win a lot of games. And that's the strength of Swain Twister Fate. However, of course, when the deck becomes very popular, there tend to be people getting annoyed that they don't think that Swain Twister Fate is a fun deck. They get annoyed due to some of the cards in the deck, which are, I believe are quite overpowered. Or I would say, compared to other cards in their own mana bracket, they might be too strong. And so, <coughs> when it comes to Swain, I would just say that Swain is not overpowered. However, the leveling up is pretty easy. And the reasons why people dislike it is because the majority of meta decks, as in the ones who, which are extreme, which are playable now, they don't really have minions above 2 attack. Let's say they're running control, they're running combo. Most of their late game threats requires them to reach a later part of the game. And then they won't be able to block Swain's open nexus attack, and that means that they have to commit some form of removal or sacrifice some form of card advantage to ensure that Swain doesn't hit the direct nexus damage. And then sometimes Swain doesn't even need to hit direct nexus damage, all they gotta do is deal with your board, do enough damage, and Swain just levels up, it can just stick on the board and it probably wouldn't be destroyed. And then when we look at it, those scaling decks don't really handle, can't really deal with Swain as well because if they were to commit a removal against Swain, that means that they are giving up a potential turn where they could develop Trundle, they can develop A-Soul. Because dropping A-Soul against, against decks like Swin, Twister Fit, you're sort of leaving yourself open. Commit 10 mana, maybe a has 3 spam on the left. Maybe you get a Hush to play, but Hush is just Hush. And we know that Hush just got nerfed. And so you're leaving yourself open to your opponent developing a Leviathan, or maybe just developing another Swain or making their ward board extremely wide. There's some form of argument that, you know, maybe my ASO level's are next time, then congrats, you really won. But in most scenarios when you're playing against Swin Twister Fate, when you drop a your ball is probably empty. Because Swain will always permanent stun everything on your side. And hence the reason why Swin Twister Fate is that good, because of its versatility, it can handle almost every deck. And when it comes to matchups, let's say I were to play a ladder or competitive landscape. The only bad deck or bad matchup probably will be Scouts and also War Mother. And so let's look at the certain cards that make Swin Tister Fate so good. Like I mentioned, Swin is not good, but there are a couple of cards that make it incredibly strong. And the first card that comes to mind, this is no surprise, Make It Rain. I always have a problem with Make It Rain ever since that it was first released. In the beginning, I was a bit skeptical because, you know, 1 damage to 3 targets doesn't seem too good, right? However, when people started putting Dread Hand Way, is it Dread Hand Way? Yeah, and then they have Petty Officer, they have Gangplank. The thing about Gangplank is that it's not played as much as Petty Officer and Dread Way So, when we look at Dread Way and Petty Officer, they have the ability to spawn an additional minion in the form of cags. As for Petty Officer, they can spawn a on one drop. So, these cags are funny. Your opponent can find a way to target, to make it, because it's vulnerable, right? You can drag it to try and destroy it. However, you're sort of wasting your attack because you can't naturally block with the cakes on board. And so, you're sort of mitigating 1 point of damage. Let's say your opponent tries to clear it. And then that's where the magic comes in, because Keg empowers all your damaging spells, which makes make it rain 2 damage to 3 targets. And when we think about this simple math, plus 1, that's pretty good, right? And then, when you plus 1 to all with the Kegs on board, it's probably going to be minimum 6 damage, let's say your 3 targets, your nexus and 2 minions. And let's say you're in the early game, turn 3. I don't think that there's any counter response to it. No doubt you can use some form of Pale Cascade or. what's the card called? Uh, Troll Chan to enable your minions to survive. However, the damage has been done. They already fulfill half of Swain's level up condition just through a 2 card combo of Dragway Deckhand together with Make It Rain. And also, Make It Rain is so strong against so many matchups. Like I mentioned, against aggro, against mid range. Because Bannermen before they get buffed by Bannerman, most of their minions are 2 life, 3 life. They go through some form of trading. And if they don't have Rangers Resolve, there's no way that they can handle Make It Rain, a tech powered Make It Rain. However, when you're playing Scouts, that's one thing to think about is that your minions tend to be beefy, and when you mulligan, you try not to overextend or you try to play very smart against Swinty stuff When you're playing against Scouts as a twenty Stuffy player, there's a very high chance that you want to mulligan for. Presence and Remover, Dragway that Hand, Make It Rain, Noxious Fervor, Death's Hand. These cards are very important against scouts. Because one wrong move against scouts, when they have a whiteboard and a man buff, they can just drop Relentless Pursuit, and that's about game from there. And so Make It Rain is so good against everything else. It can be good against Targon Lee Sin, it can be good against even Aesol Trundle, doing that 1 point of damage and then you follow it up with Ravenous Flock to clear the Wording Stones. And we all know how important Wording Stones is in, especially when you're playing Ram that one turn in which you do not get an additional mana, is that one turn that makes a difference between whether Trumden comes down early and whether Trumden does not come down early. And that is also very important in some some turns where they are expecting to drop a turn 8 Ice Pillar into uh, Infinite Time Sitter, but they are denied their ability. Maybe they are unable to drop Ice Pillar. That means they are unable to drop Trindermere as well, especially in a warm other sense. And so Make It Rain is so versatile, its ability to not only... Deal with the board. He also adds into Swain's level up condition. Just a two card combo enables you to hit Swain at least half of Swain's level up condition. Is that broken? I would say that the level up condition is fine. It's just that Make It Rain is too strong. That's my argument because with Cex together, that's at least half of Swain's level up condition. And if I would think of a way to fix it, and there's one way to ensure that Make It Rain doesn't become too strong it is that you can change it to 3 targets, however, it will not target the nexus. That's one way to fix it. The card is still good though, you can deal with the board, but it will not do damage to nexus. Of course, we all know that the nexus damage, especially in Swing Twister Fate, is something that is overlooked, because Swing Twister Fate is one of the best tier 1 decks, along with Hymer Vi as comma that can deal with the nexus, as well as deal with the board. And so if you remove the ability to deal nexus damage, instead just dealing with the board, no doubt, Swain get levels up quickly. However, make it rain. It's not one of the reasons why your nexus is dropping, right? And so that's one very good way to change it. And so, another card that makes Swain Twister Fate incredibly strong, or decks that run Swain, it is other than a Champion Spell or the one mana spell Revenous Flock. This is a long time coming. It's also... The funny thing about Revenous Flock is that I didn't think it would be so strong because it just seems like a card that you play after. It's a mini Noxious Guillotine get what i mean it is not threatening on its own but when we look at the meta with all the mid-range decks all the control decks that ravenous flock though that four damage <coughs> especially with swain this fate ability to deal with the bot you can just trade in something and then you just drop ravenous flock and that's easily seven damage together let's say your minion three damage swain there are a lot of mid-range minions that do not have seven life and through that 1 card interaction with 1 trading, Revenant Stock can clear it. And then you already plus 4 into Swain's level up condition. Just 1-1 one, one mana spell can deal with almost every mid-game, every late-game champion. Think about that, let that sink in. That I believe is a very, it's, it's simply too good, especially in this meta. In the previous one, it was okay, because let's just say that when you play against Heimer Vi and if you were to stun Heimer, Oh, your opponent will be incredibly happy, that means that there are definitely not more than one way they can- There's only probably one or two ways they can deal with Hymer. And then from there, they can just overextend the bot, and that's about game. However, now with this meta, where one turn where you spend your mana is essentially the end of your turn, that Revellous Frog really deals with a lot of minions in the meta. And at 4 damage, is almost enough to clear, or oh, I would say 100% guaranteed to clear, Targon, Lee Sin. Could be it, tar- or Lee Sin on your opponent bot. But due to the buff to Bastion, it just seems that Ravenous Stock might not be as strong against those decks. But let's be honest, Targon is only those decks that run Targon and they run Bastion. It's only Tarik Lee and maybe the Targon Lee, the Mono, the Mono Lee Sin with a bunch of Targon support spells. And that's about it. But against every other matchup, Ravenous slot just seems incredibly strong. Especially in mid range aggro, across the board is pretty damn good. It's 4 damage and just then that is just one-third of Swain's level condition. And most likely on turn 5 or turn 6 when Swain is dropped, it's very really leveled. You see, you get what I mean? So if I were to think of a way to fix reference Flop, it's definitely changing it to 2 mana. Making it somewhat, I would say, not so top deckish. Because I did mention that the deck runs Twister Fate and it also has uh that the the sapling thing, the 4 mana 2-2, two, two, a tune plus draw a spell. Maybe if you don't have spell mana and you draw evidence slot, because it's 2 mana now, you are not able to cast it because you know maybe you want mana. You get you refresh the one spell mana and then you draw evidence slot. You know how annoying or uh, how frustrating that is for your opponent. So I think that is one way to mitigate it from being too RNG and too strong because one mana is too great of a card. Or another way is to even reduce the damage by three by two by <laughs> reducing the damage to three. Sorry. I think this reducing damage to three might be too big too big of a nerf I think 2 mana will be great because when we look at it Swain is either played as a champion or as a champion spell and if we change it to 2 mana I guess that the overall package gets weaker but do, do let me know what you think because if I were to rebalance it it's probably 2 mana I will not drop his damage because that beats the purpose of playing Swain in the first place I'm just trying to make Swain balance but those cards that enable him maybe he needs to get a bit weaker it doesn't overall it doesn't change the overall landscape of Swain Twister Fate as a whole it's just that it becomes more balanced and the level up condition still remains the same. Except that you have to find a way to maybe deal the damage that you need. And the, and as a way through Make It Rain and relentless Flock, those those two damage pointers may be a little bit too strong right now. And hence, th- those are some ways that i think of solving it. And the last card, the reason why swing is to is so good is because, this is no surprise, they run the best Bilge Water card, and probably the only reason why they run Bilge Water is not other than Riptide Rex. This card is self-explanatory. It's the biggest problem with Bilge Water. This card on its own can enable almost every strategy to work. can be... What's it called? Gangplank, gang Gangplank... Uh, cat Control, it can be gang Gangplank Aggro Deck. It can even be some form of deck that includes Bilge Water, like... Even even the Swain... No, not Swain, the Gangplank... Twister Fade deck, which is another version of Swain Twister Fade, except that Gang Blank, Gang Blank with Twister Fade sort of falls into more of a, how do I say, they don't rely on the Leviathan to end the game, they instead rely more on Red Type but let's be honest, when we look at both decks, they both have the same play style they both do the same thing, Red Type Rex closes the game, and if Red Type Rex isn't the solution to the game, your Gangplank pretty ends it, in that case Swain plus Leviathan. So Ritirex can be seen as the ultimate card in Village This card alone ruins every other deck that, is against, that you're playing against. And this card is enabled through the Leviathan because you're dealing 1 damage at the start of the turn. And maybe even through Jack the Winner, which is one of the cards that is very popular now, which got hit during this patch. Jack the Winner with a 0 cost deal to can easily enable Ritirex on either player's turn. And that's one thing you do a take note of. I, I can go on and on about Ritirex, about how powerful it is. I believe that Retirex really punishes players who played well because it is so easy able through another card known as Warning Shot, which is not playing Swing Twister Fate because there's no way you're going to fit it in. But in a sense, I think that Warning Shot is also problematic. But if you were to pair Warning Shot and Retirex together, it becomes a whole new monster. And that is always seen in the Swing, not Swing, the Twister Fate gangplank deck where you see Retirex being abused together with Warning Shot. I think this goes, goes across the board, especially in Water. and the only way to fix Retirex and to make it don't look like it's so weak now, probably is to change the trigger times to 5 times and change the damage to 3 damage each times, which means that lesser targets but it's more or less guaranteed to clear 2 instead of clearing the entire wall on your opponent's side or your side. I do not want to make Retirex too weak, It is still it, it must still be seen as a finisher. And hence the reason why I want to change it to triggering 5 times and then increasing the damage to 3. Meaning that it's almost always guaranteed to clear something, but it won't clear everything on the board. I don't I don't know it sounds counterintuitive, like it's still overwhelmingly strong. But if I do not want to limit the design or make it seem too weak, because I would say right, right now, in Legends of Runeterra, before Call of the Mountain Part 2 releases, Red Tyrex is hands down the strongest, the strongest, not one of the, the strongest card in the patch. Because the only reason why we run is Retirex and maybe Gangplank and Twister Fate. These 3 cards alone make Bridgewater the best region right now. Before, before, Bridgewater, was exi- before Bridgewater exists, is the Masya. And I can just say that due to these 3 cards existing, Bridgewater is the best region by far. So I already went through how the deck works. Spell mana because they have the ability to attune. And they have the ability to have board pressure throughout the game and a much easier win condition to fulfill. And that's the reason why Swing Twister Fate is being played so much in competitive in rank. It's easy to run. Yes, access to Noxious Guillotine. And then when we look at it, a lot of decks fall prey to Noxious Guillotine, such as War Mother, such as Aso Trundle. They just have the ability to have the answer to everything their opponent has. And when we talk about the win condition, but again, Asol Trundle relies on turn 10 Asol on the board or maybe Trundle. Being able to pass and didn't keep gaining damage and that's it. Infinite time splitter being able to stun everything, stun control decks and go ham. And then War Mother requires you to have a perfect curve and even War Mother in hand. And then when we look at War Mother, it's, it sometimes can be incredibly inconsistent compared to ASO Trundle because there's so many tutoring cards. Because War Mother is pretty random, you're summoning from the top of the deck, and we know that they run wording stones. And if you don't draw in the early game, you're probably gonna summon it through Warmothers call and that is very frustrating and that can potentially cost you the game every other deck win condition is pretty linear mid range deck control the board win the game aggro close the game as soon as possible but when you play swing to fate, fit the only thing on your mind is maybe just deal with the board i reach turn five turn six swing drops down leveled up comes to turn eight i drop leviathan that's it game over it's like a one track kind of thing it's that's why a lot of the master players actually have a great time playing against this deck and the one thing about Swing to Fate is that it do have some bad matchups. One of it that comes to my mind is anything that has Frey One of it is War Mother Control. It is a deck that can fall off early, make it look... It's not very strong during the early game, but when it comes to the mid game, to the late game, that's where... And that late game is their mid game, because that's the power of War Mother Control. And due to Aso getting hit, War Mother Control is the ram deck to play. And I'll see that War Mother Control becoming the best deck overall, because there's not any bad matchup. Unless, which is, this this deck also counters Swing Twister Fate incredibly hard, Ash Sojourney. I can see Ash making a resurgence or a comeback as the strongest deck, because let's look at Ash It is not the must, yeah. It has so many different ways of controlling the board. It has the strongest combat phase mechanic. And maybe look at the current decks in the meta, aside from Ash trundle and Ezreal Karma is out of the picture. That means there's no way to close the game outside the combat phase, which is the strength of Ezreal Karma. As Sodrani is the best combat phase deck because they have the freeze mechanic, they have ash, they have Sodrani, they have the ability to do an OTK just by fulfilling Ash level up condition. They have Sodrani to deal with the mid-range part, Swain plus another minion to deal with almost anything on during the early game. And then when we look at the current meta where Lee Sin, where Lisin the combo Lee Sin deck is the deck to play. That really that really puts you into perspective, right? It is uh Meta which revolves around the combat phase, mid-range decks, aggro. Even the, what's that deck called? The Shen Fiora. It's also a combat phase deck. requires you to do a lot of funny, funny tricks during the combat phase to enable you to have some form of board control and then close out the game. It's not an OTK deck, but the deck sort of gets advantage through either Fiora intimidating you to thinking they're going to clear 4 minions and then they have an infinite buffed Green Glade Protector, is it? the 1 mana, the thing that keeps buffing up each time you cast a barrier. And then they have Bright Steel Formation, and many different ways to deal surprise damage, because Shen has the ability to give you additional damage. And when we look at it all, the deck relies on the combat phase, and maybe some people even special in Relentless Pursuit to deal some surprise OTK. Overall, all the decks require a combat phase, and that's why I believe Ash Sujarni will come back as the number 1 deck to beat out everything. Because when we look at Ash is it's simple playstyle, it is the best mid-range deck because it has the best combat phase tricks through frostbite. It's simple, you just level up Ash during your turn with the nice bot you have because it probably didn't get destroyed because, you know, you already freeze your opponent, your opponent trades in, they destroy their own minion. Open declare attack, that's game. And then they also run, what's the 8 mana, eight eight, the one that enables you to get 3 decimates. Yes, that's your alternate win condition. Voila, Ash the king of the mid-range decks. It's gonna come back, guys. And you know what? Frostbite is so strong against Targon Lee Sin that it's so laughable. A lot of people realise that because Lee Sin is just one deck that relies on one card. And let's say you freeze it, that's it. So in conclusion, let's just say that like I mentioned, Swing to the Fate is the most balanced tier one deck apart from the Master in LR history. It is not overpowered, but some of the cards in the deck are simply too good and too cost-efficient. That makes it able to drop on turn five, and it's really leveled up. The thing about Swain is that it's only good in decks that can level it up fast, can level it up fast. Hence, the only reason why it's in Swain Twister Fate, and not even seen in any other kind of archetype, because you know they need a way to level up Swain as soon as possible. As so for as Twister Fate, and the reason why it's included in the deck, it is an alternate win condition on its own, because in my previous podcast I mentioned that when it comes to Twister Fate, when it levels on its own, it becomes a totally different beast. You can totally ignore what your original plan is because through that one card, it's an overwhelming card kind of advantage that there's no way your opponent can deal with it at all. That is like a separate card, and the reason is like playing Exodia, and Twister Fate is your Exodia when leveled up. And so I've come to the end of today's episode. Do check me out all my links in the description box, all my social media links, so you can keep me, so you can keep in touch with me. Do subscribe to me on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio. All my links are already available online. And I'll see you guys next week on Wednesday, same time, same place. And that's game.